Hi, Summer Stagers. This is Harry, and I want to share my enormous gratitude to Bob and all of his guests for the gifts of this wonderful podcast. I can't tell you how touched I am every episode to hear your stories, your love for Summer Stage, and your kind messages for me. It is truly a gift. I want you to know that Summer Stage magic is still very much alive. We never knew that 49 years ago to fill the world with love would capture the hearts of so many, and it still does. After the shows, I like to tell a little one, someday you'll be on our stage. A couple years ago, an 11-year-old magic maker said to me, Mr. Dietzler, when I was little, you told me that someday I would be on this stage, and now I am. More than a couple moms have told me that Summer Stage saved their child's life. You've heard those stories on this podcast. We can see every year how young people are transformed by the experience of working together to share what's inside them with our audience. As one mom said last summer, this summer changed the trajectory of my daughter's life. Whether or not she becomes an actress, she came in as a stranger and left with a family. Right now, I'm reaching out to that Summer Stage family to say, we need you. If the dream of Summer Stage is to continue, our alumni needs to embrace it. These days, my primary job is to raise the funds Summer Stage needs to operate. Now that we're independent and nonprofit within the Upper Darby Arts and Education Foundation, we depend on ticket sales, registrations, and fundraising. Every year, we need to raise more than $300,000 in donations to operate Summer Stage. That's quite a challenge. Upper Darby Township provides support in the form of scholarships to its residents, and we receive some grants but we depend on individual gifts to keep us going. But I have some great news. A very generous alum has offered to match up to $125,000 in donations, and we have another alum that has committed $25,000 toward that goal. If 100 alumni pledged $1,000, their gifts would be doubled. Of course, every gift of any amount is a huge help. We can also make your donation a monthly gift. Like Bob, I'm also looking forward to the 50th season and alumni reunion next year and to see you in person. And by the way, the school district is completely renovating the theater and lobby with all new seats, carpets, and lighting. It will be ready to serve the next 50 years of summer stagers. Please help us make that next 50 years a reality by making a generous gift. Our website is udfoundation.org. Thank you so much. Welcome to Brave and Strong and True, a podcast created to engage summer stage alumni of all ages. My name is Bob Falkenstein. We all have stories to tell, and they can be heard here. At the end of this interview, I'll tell you how you can be a guest on this show. My first interview was with Chuck Nichols. He's one of the originals from 1976. I hope you enjoy our conversation. So come along and have some fun. All right, so we're, we're live now, Chuck. So uh, I'm just going to launch into my first question. How okay. did you find out about Summer Stage? It was um, actually something my mother found in, 
it was an ad in a newspaper and it had to be the Delaware County news or the news of Delaware County, um, that there was going to be a meeting in the administration building of Upper Darby High School um, for a new program called Summer Stage 76. And, uh, you know, to go if you're interested and in whatever. So um, at that point, I had done a couple plays with a community theater group, and I think one or two maybe in junior high school. And it's not something that I really thought about doing anymore, but uh, we were a family that prior to that had gone to the shore or to swim clubs for the summer. And we were having a summer come up where none of that was going to happen. And quite frankly, if they had it at the time, I would have been an ADHD kid and uh, she didn't know what to do with me bouncing off the walls all summer. So uh, she said, let's go up and see this. So my mom and I went up there to this meeting and there was uh, probably only a handful of people there sitting in chairs. And the two people I remember being there were Harry Dietzler and Joe Loper. Um, and the meeting took place and Joe talked about what the, how happy they were to get it started and stuff. And then Harry spoke and he talked about what they were going to be doing this summer and starting off talking about the magic of America and all the children's theaters and all the help they needed and to go tell all your friends that this is what we're going to be doing from the end of June till August. And, you know, the way Harry speaks and gets everybody so excited about it. So, um, and this of course was 19 year old Harry Dietzler. Yes, it was. And then I think about that nowadays, it's just unbelievable, um, for that, not just that he was a 19 year old kid, but, um, just how much enthusiasm, how much confidence he had in himself, I guess, that he was able to project on the rest of us. Um, so going in what there. school year had you just finished? 1976, I was, would have been eighth grade. Okay, so this is prior to going into high school. Yes. And you got yeah, to use that. the uh, high school facilities before you were a high school student. Correct, and I know you, yeah. I know you made your mark on that high school stage. All right. So what were some of your favorite shows that you remember? Um, if I was to single one out, I would probably think the Gershwin Rhapsody because it just opened up my awareness of Gershwin tunes. And it was just so full of great music, one song after another, that um, – you know, it just started the love affair that uh, I had that whenever I hear a Gershwin tune, one, it takes me back to summer stage, but just the uh, just the music itself, how much you can love it. And um, yeah. yeah, I remember I was the announcer in the finale where I, I read Gershwin's right. obituary yeah. mm -hmm. and it was one of the first things I did you know, with, with lines and I had to do it from the, the sound booth or the lighting booth. Yeah. And there was a crew of about four people up there who tried their best every night to crack me up, <laughs> you know, hoping that I would just lose it. So, uh, that added even more pressure to it. I'm going to make I, you feel good about that right now because I, um, you know, right now I, I work as an uh, activity director and I put on programs for uh, in a senior living community. 
So I came up with um, these music tributes, and one of them was George Gershwin. And at the end of it, I tallied on, you know, he was survived by his brother Ira, and I got rid of my, you know, <laughs> Kiss Me, or, you know, all the other songs. Rhapsody that are, in Blue. Rhapsody in Blue. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended it like that. So. Right, so what is one of your best summer stage moments? That could be performance-wise, it could be socially, it could be personal. Yeah. It's just so hard to, to pin it down. Um, you know, I, right, I'll, <laughs> I'll take your top 20. <laughs> yeah. How much time you got, right? Um, I'm going to say something that is uh, not what I really consider, but every time we go to a reunion, I get approached and somebody says, I remember when you came out of the audience and sang Oklahoma. Um, so <laughs> it was a, a review show, Showstoppers, that I did not happen to be in at the time. Um, I came to see the show one night. The previous summer, we had performed Oklahoma, which I was in. And I saw that when they staged the Showstopper song of Oklahoma for that show, I thought, well, son of a gun. They just told everybody who was in the show last year to take your places and do the number. So... Another night I came in, I saw the show, and I snuck backstage. Um, I had a red bandana in my pocket, and I just tied it around my neck. And uh, just as I'm ready to go out, there's a tap on my shoulder, and it's the stage manager, David Betts. And he says, what are you doing here? <laughs> I said, nothing. He says, you're not going out there. And the lights went up, and I said, yes, I am. <laughs> and I went out there, and I sang, <laughs> I sang Oklahoma with the rest of the cast. So uh, it's uh, something, I guess, that has gone through the ages of time, but uh, that's what people approach me on. So that's what that, That's fantastic that that, yeah. that single moment is, mm -hmm. is what uh, people remember if yeah. they were there. So yeah. – uh, Looking back, who were some of your mentors? Because the big thing of summer stage is, you know, the yeah. education angle of it. Right, right. If I had to say right now, first of all, Harry, I mean, you know, he was kind of a one-man show those first summers. Um, and, and as I said before, just the confidence that he uh, had himself was infectious. And there just really wasn't anything that um, we thought we couldn't do. Um, you know, yeah, we're going to put up a full musical in three weeks. I've never did a musical in my life, but okay. If I, he says we can do it, we can do it. And, um, and then of course, looking back, it's going to have to be Bob Babish. Um, you know, because I think he was the driving force between all the behind all the work we were actually doing the hands-on stuff. Uh, we used to play a game to try and hide from him when we weren't doing anything, because if he saw us just sitting around, he would pull us into the set shop, into the costume shop. He would get us doing something. And, uh, you know, I think it was because of him that in those years that uh, when we were doing everything, we just kind of had our um, had, got our experiences, not just by being performers, but being, you know, tech people, being, uh, you know, backstage workers, being ushers, you know, working the light booths, uh, putting costumes together. Um, I think he was the one that was really getting this to do all that stuff and getting us excited about it. All right. So early you said, uh, 76 was the summer before ninth grade. Correct. So this would have put you at 
14 because I know you have a, de- a December birthday. Okay, 13. Yeah, 13. Yeah. So how old were you when you walked away from Summer Stage? Not including uh, 20, reunions. Yeah, 23, I guess. I was in there for the first 10 seasons. Um, you know. So you were 76 to 86. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think my last shirt was '86. My last show was Camelot. That's what I know. So whatever year that was. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, I remember Camelot. Yeah. Was that the same summer we did Barnum? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you could say something right now to Harry, what would you say? <laughs> Um, besides thank you, I mean, the guy, uh, you know, it was interesting. We had a, um, I was at a kind of a conference, a professional conference or seminar or whatever. And they brought us into different rooms and they put out questions. One of the questions was other than a family member, who do you think had, uh, most impact on your life? And I had to say that, you know, it was Harry Dietzler that, um, you know, just the time frame that I was in there. Uh, which was a long time, um, you know. It's where I, it's where I learned to 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 work on things, to solve problems, to to uh, learn to work with other people, to manage different personalities, to um, look for an outcome, to have a vision. Those all those types of things. Um, and just one other thing, I do want to say because uh, from early on, as I said, when we, the very first meeting of Summer Stage. We had, um, you know, it was the day that we all show up to go, right? It's go day. It's the it's, uh, 22nd of June or whenever it was. Everybody go to the auditorium and we're starting Summer Stage 76. Um, I remember being out there in front of the auditorium waiting for the doors to unlock. And there's only one guy at that time who had the keys and it was Harry. <laughs> so um, there, there were a handful of us out there and there were my friends and I can't say for sure who it was, but my circle, you know, at that time was Drexel Hill Junior High, St. Bernadette's kid. So it had to be like Terry Nolan and Jeanette Osmond and Tom Donaghy and Kevin Kane and a few of those and some others that I didn't know. But uh, Harry opened the doors and I think I might have been the only one who knew exactly who he was because I was at the prior meeting. Nobody else was. So I followed him right in and I, uh, you know, I like to follow Harry around a lot. So I'm thinking I probably followed him into the doors, into the lobby, right into the auditorium, down the steps and on the stage. So it's probably true. So I'm going to claim it right here. I was the first summer stager to step foot on that stage that was not named Dietzler. Very good. That's that's your legacy. You know, I like to tell people, I think, I think this is true for a lot of us, but if it wasn't for Harry and summer stage, we'd all still be living in that van down by the river. <laughs> so, uh, like that. are there any summer stage alums you keep in touch with? Yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Mike, and, and Mike. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I love the family. connections on Facebook. Yeah, right. I love how we have the group, like yeah. the 40th anniversary alums. Yeah. So yeah, we're 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 kind of like in each you other's know, spaces. Yeah, and that's that's been the recent years with social media and such. But you know, it's um, you know, it, the the relationships and the friendships that we make during the time we're there, whether it's you know 
one summer, two summers, 10 summers, whatever it is. It's not for those summers, it's for a lifetime. And, um, you know, every each and every one of us that has been involved in that programs shares something very special that nobody else in the world does. And I think that makes us very unique, or makes our experiences very unique, and it uh, makes our livelihoods uh, going forward very unique. Yeah, I remember the 25th reunion uh, mm-hmm. I decided to come down for. And this was, I mean, there was an internet, there, there yeah. were websites, there was email, but there was no social yeah. media. Right. But there were a couple of rehearsals for the locals. And then mm-hmm. there was like this intense week, you know, for the out of towners and the locals, we were yeah. there like every night. And it was like, time had not passed. It had been like maybe 11 years yeah. since I was down there and I walked in there and you get hit with that smell, you know, exactly <laughs> where you are. And, you know, I'm running into people that I haven't said boo to yeah. in like a dozen years. And it was like, we, we just never, never left off. Right. So everybody says that it's when you open the doors of the auditorium, that smell, I don't know if it's the vinyl on the seats or what it is, but um, you just know you're home again. Uh, yep. I, um, you know, I lived out in Colorado for a long time. And, uh, when it came time for me to come home, I did. And just driving through my old neighborhood, Drexel Hill, Upper Darby, I came by the high school. I said, I'm going to swing in here, see if I can find Harry. And, uh, you know, the whole thing had changed the whole lobby configuration and everything. And Harry's office was now behind a receptionist desk. So I just stuck my head in and I said, uh, I said, excuse me, is Harry Dietzler in? And, she says, who, who can they say is here? I said, Chuck Nichols. And from the back office, I hear, tell him I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's wonderful. So you had hinted at your, your profession. So right. do you want to take a moment to explain what you're doing or sure. how, how you ended up doing this? Yeah. Um, I'm currently an activities director with uh, Arbiturus in Exton. And I, um, what that is, is I develop the activity in the social programming, um, entertainment, um, artistic programming for all the residents there. Um, I've been doing that for, I guess about six years now. Um, and interestingly enough, I got into the profession through a connection made at summer stage at the 40th reunion, Stuart Sturock, who, you know, I barely knew when we were in summer stage together because we were there were a few years that separated us. But, um, you know, he had just gotten a position like mine um, in a community and we just got to talking and one thing led to another. And I end up working with the same company, doing the same type of work in another building of his. Um, the thrill of it is, is I get to um, get summer stage people in and get them performing into our, uh, for our seniors, uh, we have Danielle Tuminelli comes in every once in a while, one of their favorite performers. Uh, I was able to hire Chris Sapienza to do some fo- photography work for a, uh, for a, um, event that we had. So, you know, one of the things that, um, being involved with summer stage does for you is it makes you look really, really good when you can tap into the talents of other people. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. You know, one of the, one of the goals of this podcast is for alumni engagement. 
Okay. So, I mean, just like you were that first guy on the stage, you're the first guy in on the Brave and Strong and True okay. podcast. So, it's it's kind of neat how that worked out. Mm-hmm. So, are you still performing? No. Um, I it's just something that I um haven't done. I uh, you know, I've gone on to other things. Um you know, and as I said, that, uh, you know, that summer stage is always with you, though, because one of the, <laughs> one of the um, you know, we talk a lot about magic at summer stage, you know, bring in the magic, let's start the magic. And uh, we were doing some um, archival work, I guess, at the last reunion, taking videos of, um, of alumni and their experiences similar to this. And they asked me what the question was. And the question was, what is summer stage magic? What does that mean? And I just kind of thought about it. And I thought about all the times I've been through these chaotic times, professionally, uh, personally, and just kind of had a feeling that this is all going to work out. Okay. Yeah, everything's falling apart right now, but tomorrow's opening night and it's all going to come together. And I think, you know, there's really no rhyme or reason to it. Um, There's really, it doesn't make any kind of sense at all. But, you know, the only way you can say is that somehow, magically, everything turns out okay and everybody gets it done. Yeah, that's exactly true. I mean, sometimes you have to have opening night while the paint's drying on the set. (laughs) And you're screwing light bulbs into the, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so... Uh, we're at about the 18 minute mark and, uh, this is going to be the final question, uh, that I will ask, uh, in all the other, uh, episodes as well. So when people hear this, they kind of know, you know, that it's winding down. So, uh, we're called brave and strong and true Mm -hmm. podcast. So I'm going to ask what is most important to you and why being brave being strong or being true? Uh, being true. Um, because without that, you can't be brave or strong. And, um, you know, the truth is going to, is going to always prevail. Um, you know, people will see that in you, you will see it in everybody you deal with in every situation. So yeah, be true. Okay. That, that's a great answer. So uh, I'm going to end our conversation, but Chuck, I'm going to ask that you stay on uh, once I stop recording, because I want to remind you of a couple of things. So uh, our first guest was Chuck Nichols. Uh, Thank you, Chuck, for uh, participating. I knew I could count on you and uh, hope to see you uh, in person sometime soon this summer. So uh, thanks a lot. Thank you for the opportunity, Bob. I really appreciate it. It's always good to talk summer stage. Oh, anytime. In order to be a guest, You must have a desktop or a laptop computer with a microphone and headphones. Apple earbuds are fine. Send me an email at braveandstrongandtrue at gmail.com and we'll figure out how to get you on the show.